go into our time of uh, the scripture reading for today. And that comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. We're going to be reading this in the ESV. There are ESV Bibles under the pews. You can also uh, look this up on your own. We will be projecting the scripture as well. And while folks are looking that up, uh, we are going through a sermon series on Romans chapter 8, which some people uh, consider to be one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. Uh, I don't want to speak in too much hyperbole, but it it has been very life-changing for me and I I think for a lot of people. And so we're we're taking our time with this. We began uh, last week in uh, Romans 8, and so we're picking that up again today. So, uh, friends, if you are ready to... uh, for the reading of, of God's word, if you could please stand as able. So again, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So friends, uh, we're picking up here in Romans uh, 8 in verse 5. And last week, we talked a lot about freedom, about how we are set free uh, from a spiritual kind of bondage. And so just kind of as, as a way of review, you know, it's not the kind of freedom uh, where we think it's about uh, just us being able to do whatever we want, but it is freedom to be able to live the kind of life that God desires for us. And we talked about this, that, you know, it's, it's sort of an illusion for many of us that we are free. But when we try to set out to do the things that uh, uh, we know that God wants us to do, to actually love people the way that Jesus wants us to, to forgive people, we find that it's much harder than it looks, right? Uh, we're not as free as we think when it comes to things like forgiveness or when, when it comes to defying some of the, the, the natural tendencies that we have. Like if someone wrongs you and you immediately start to get angry, right? You get road rage or you immediately start to have this like physical response within you. Your heart starts, you know, beating in a certain way. You start getting flush and you, you feel the blood rushing to different parts of your body because you're getting ready to fight. And it's an automatic response. We're not necessarily freed from that, right? And so we were talking about how the Spirit desires to free us. And we want to go deeper today. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, if you didn't get a chance to um, uh, uh, listen to the sermon uh, last week, if you weren't here, um, all of our sermons are on YouTube and on podcasts. And, And so you can definitely get caught up there. Um, because I, I do think that Romans 8, uh, I definitely have done this before when I've preached on it. We haven't really taken our time with it. And sometimes when we read it, um, I think there are many reasons for this, but it is very uh, difficult for us to understand. And part of it 
is because of the mindset that we bring into it, right? That we are battling something that we need to actually be freed from. And so reading this a little bit slower, taking our time, I think can be a really good thing. So I want to pick up just right here in verse 5, and you know, I, I want to really just you know, do this well. And so uh, I, I encourage you as well uh, to talk about you know, what you read in, in uh, your small groups, if you guys are a part of small groups, or if you have any questions for me, you know, if you ever hear a, a sermon, and this goes for any sermon, it was like kind of confusing, you come, come up to me afterwards, or, you know, if you're uh, worshiping online, you know, email me or something, reach out, and, and I would love to talk to you more. Uh, but yeah, let's jump right in here to verse five. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And so we talked about this last week, uh, that flesh is not talking about just your body. It's talking about uh, the, 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 this sinful flesh, this thing that, that, that just belongs to us naturally, this kind of system of how we normally respond to things in this world. Our natural tendencies. We're going to be talking about this a lot throughout this this sermon series. It is a default setting. Many of us don't make the decision to automatically act. uh, Sorry, we we don't make a decision to, you know, purposely do certain things all the time. Uh, Even if we do have some will, it does seem like there are certain things that start to push you in a certain direction. So again, uh, let's just use the example of like, you know, getting cut off in traffic or something. If you start having an automatic reaction, you know, you start getting angry, your blood pressure starts rising and you you start to feel yourself wanting to say something or wanting to, you know, slam uh, your hand on the wheel and just really mash that horn. You know, it is this kind of natural tendency within you, right? it's, It's sort of like a gravitational pool. Now, of course, you do have some say in the matter, right? I, I mentioned last week that I have this, this, this urge to like ram people when they wrong me uh, when I'm driving, like, like, but I've never done it. I've never once rammed someone with my car. Let's hope this streak continues into this week and beyond. I don't want to ram anyone with my car. I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever have, but maybe you've wanted to do it, right? Or have you ever been so angry at someone you wanted to punch them in the face? Have you ever done it? I, I, I see a couple people going like this. <laughs> what concerns me more is I see some people smiling. They're just, and then I see some people looking around. Wait, who's? <laughs> but, you know, for many of us, even though a lot of us may have the urge to punch someone in the face when we get angry or frustrated at them, many of us don't actually do it. So I do want to say that there is this combination. Things are usually not always black and white, right? There is gradients to these kinds of things. And to say that, yes, you are not free, but you still have some will, right? That there is still some say you have in the matter, even though overall we are beholden to a way of being. That's what we're talking about. That's what the flesh is. It's a way of being that is natural within us, right? But to say that we have no say in the matter, I don't think is true either. You do have some will. Right. And so uh, but but one of the things that scripture consistently tells us, and I think we all know this, is your will has been significantly weakened by sin. Right. And I think we know that we're not as free as we think we are. So that's flesh. And then the spirit is the spirit of 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 God, the father and the spirit of Jesus, the son. Right. This is the presence of God with us. Right. So when we talk about the spirit, I, I, I 
Like the actual kind of like mechanics of the spirit, I think, are very mysterious to a lot of us. And and I think that sometimes we get really hung up on that, right? On, On sort of like the weirdness of the spirit or the mystery of the spirit. And we're just like, what is that? What is that? Like, you know, you hear the word spirit. And, and by the way, they used to call it Holy Ghost. And we don't use that language as much anymore. Uh, I, I think the black church does tend to use Holy Ghost more than Holy Spirit. Um, but but uh, it's, it's not something you hear all the time. Because again, it, it's just, it, it evokes certain images of like, ooh, right? Like Holy Ghost, right? And so again, I, I, I don't want us to get caught up too much in, in like, like trying to wrap our mind around it. But suffice it to say, this is the presence of God that lends power to us, okay? We, we talk about this many times before, uh, that at least for me, it is more helpful to think about what a spirit does rather than what the spirit is. The spirit is the spirit of God the Father and Jesus the Son. That's what it is, right? You may not fully understand that, but what it does is spirits do what? I, I've preached this many times before, <laughs> and, and, and I always use the song Oceans to illustrate the point because there's a part in the bridge uh, where it goes, oh man, my voice is really hoarse, so we're going to try here. We're going to have to go falsetto on this one, guys. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Well, just stop there, right? Spirit, lead me. That's what spirits do, right? And so, again, don't get too hung up on what the spirit is exactly. You can't see it. We know that. But what it does is it leads you. Right? What is it trying to lead you to do? It's try, because it's the spirit of the Father and the Son, it's trying to lead you into the kind of life that God the Father and God the Son want you to have. It, it wants to help you to be like Christ, to love like Christ. Right? Does that make sense? So if you don't naturally have the power to do that, to live the life of Christ by your own flesh, where are we going to get that power and ability? It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? We good on that? Okay. So when it says uh, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, um, there's this going to be this thing in Greek that is kind of hard to see, but there are different words for think and minds that are used in Greek, and they mean different things, right? And so this actually says in the Greek, uh, for those who live according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. That's actually what it says. But it's not the normal word for think. And this is why they use, uh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Um, there, there is this kind of persistence in this kind of thinking, right? When you set your mind on something, right? It's almost like, like, like just imagine, you know, you got a mind and you set your mind on this. Right? So what if I set my mind, I know this is kind of a silly example, but I set my mind on this iPad. What is happening? It's not just that I'm thinking about the iPad like, oh, iPad. iPads are cool. They're thin and they're, they're very useful. And then I just go upon my day. But if I set my mind upon the iPad, then I'm persistently thinking about it. Or I'm being influenced by the thoughts about this thing. Right? And so this idea of setting your mind on the things of the flesh is that we are now in this world of the flesh. We're thinking about it all the time. Right? We're in this system 
of, of what the flesh is about. We'll get more to that. If that's confusing to you, uh, I think we will, uh, no pun intended, flesh it out as we go. I'm sorry. I'm a dad. I'll be here all day. <laughs> but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So again, same thing. So you're going to see this parallel where they're like, hey, if you set your mind on the flesh or if you're over here in the flesh world, you know, as opposed to being here in the Spirit, right, that there's going to be different things that happen. And friends, what we want you to see today is that there is a distinction. There is a difference, right? And the trick is going to be How do we get from being in the flesh to the spirit? That's what we want, right? That's ultimately where we are going with Romans 8, right? Spoiler alert, right? So we want to figure out how do we live by the spirit, in the spirit, with the spirit, the spirit indwelling in us. That's what we're trying to get to. Okay, so for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind... On the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I read that real fast because I just wanted you to see it, but we're going to slow down and we're going to take this apart a little bit. Because one of the things in in the Greek that I want to show you is that it does not say that. It looks like it's saying the same thing that it said in verse 5. So it's a little confusing, right? Like, oh, you know, you set your mind on, on the things of the flesh, you know, um, and, and then you set your mind on the thing of the spirit. That's actually not what it says. It's the same roots. It's the same kind of thinking that they're talking about. But I want to show you in the Greek what it actually says. So what it actually says is for the mind of the flesh is death. But it is not the kind of mind that we normally think of. Um, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. So just to show you that difference real quick, right? So it gets translated as to set the mind on the flesh because they're trying to show you that this isn't just a normal kind of thinking. It's not the normal kind of mind, right? And so I'm going to use the, 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 the I'm going to translate it as the mindset of the flesh is death. How is that different, friends? To say, to set the mind on the flesh is death versus the mindset of the flesh is death? Okay, where's the difference there? Anyone just just care to shout it out? What what do you guys think the difference is? To say, set the mind on the things of the flesh versus the mindset of the flesh. Okay, I'll just tell you what I think. I think that the way it gets translated in the ESV makes it seem like you have a choice. Makes it seem like you're the one doing it, right? Right? Like, like, like that you have to set your mind. You got to actively do it. You're either setting your mind on the flesh or the spirit. And you have this very clear choice, right? But in the, the, the actual Greek, what it's, what, what it's kind of hinting at much more is that this is just the way it is. This is just your default setting, right? You already have this mindset, Right? It's just something that we're in, this mindset of the flesh. Um, so uh, the, the Greek word for mind normally is noose, and that is just the normal mind where you think about, like, thinking, right? Um, just like, like, you know, that thinking faculty that you have, right? When you think about something, when you think about anything, you know, that's your noose, okay? But the, 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 the word that's used here for mind uh, is phronema. And phronema is much more a mindset. And, and, and so you think about, what is a mindset? Again, 
that persistence, the, 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 like thinking about things, but it's the way you think about things, okay? So we're going to talk about that more, but I want you to see that we are talking about a default setting for all of humanity. Again, I think that sometimes we're, we're, we're kind of like stuck in this sort of um, like, like very like moralistic way of thinking about Christianity and thinking about faith where it's like, it's your fault. Stop thinking about the things of the flesh. How dare you? Because you, you're weak. Because you're bad. You know, if, if you were a better Christian, you would think about the things of, this, uh, of the spirit. That's the way I hear it. That's the way I think a lot of us hear it. But that's actually not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, we all think that way. Do you guys remember we're talking about Romans 7? Paul was talking about himself. He's like, on one hand, I want to do good things, but I can't do them. Right? You guys remember that? Right? Because I, 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 with my mind, I, I, I want to please God. But with my body, I end up doing something very different. Right? And so this idea that you actually have like an active choice in the matter, that you, you, it's just up to you, like, like you just need stronger willpower, you just need to be a better Christian, that is absolutely not what Paul is talking about. There does need to be a shift. There does, there does need to be a change. And it's a drastic one. And, and just spoiler alert, you're going to need supernatural power for that to happen. It's going to be the work of God. It's not going to be your work, right? Uh, so... Yeah, uh, friends, what is the mindset of the flesh? What is this default setting that we have? Um, So one of the things that um, you will discover, and you probably already know this, is there are people in this world who want you to do certain things. You know, let's, let's use, for example, politics, right? They want you to vote a certain way. Right? Some people, right, because that gives them power, right? If you vote them into the office and, and then, you know, their people get into power, then they can set policies that give them more power and money, right? And so, friends, there are people who know the default setting of humanity and they know how to use it in order to get people to vote a certain way. Is that, do I sound like a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> By the way, it's also true of advertising. It's true of, like, YouTube and social media, Right? People know how to get likes and how to get people to click on videos, right? And they do it by exploiting the default setting of humanity, which is very susceptible to fear. So this is a uh, um, cartoon. It may be kind of hard to see. Uh, I'll read the captions for you. It's called The Politics of Fear. And so this was uh, in the Washington Post. It says, politicians have a variety of ways to manipulate your emotions. So here, here you see, like, manip, right? And so it says they know which buttons to push. They appeal to your sense of patriotism, to your morality, right? But the most effective way is through fear, right? And so they talk about all of these different things, right? Communism, socialism, losing the American way of life. It's not the way it used to be. You're losing jobs, right? And, and, the, and, and by the way, friends, I do think that this has a political spin. And, and so I, I was, was a little hesitant to show this, this, this cartoon. Uh, because, by the way, both parties do it. Make no mistake, right? This is not a political sermon. This is an apolitical sermon. All politics use fear. It's very effective. 
And one of the most common things is you need an enemy. You get people to fear people who are different than you, people who look different uh, than you, right? That's one way, but it's not just people who look different than you. It's people that you have set as the enemy, right? And so that's why we have a two-party system. That's why almost every country on earth has a two-party system. Have you ever thought about that? Why aren't there seven-party systems or eight-party systems? And there are countries where they have eight-party systems, but two will be dominant. Why? Because you always need an enemy. You always need one person that you are opposing. And you say, wow, we can't let those people get in power, right? If we let those people go in power, then all kinds of bad things will happen, right? And so, friends, what is the default mindset of the flesh? It is about avoiding threats. How do you keep yourself safe from any threat? So minimizing discomfort, and then on the flip side, maximizing comfort and pleasure, right? And so along this mindset of fear, or along this kind of like idea of fear, very, very um, closely related is hate and anger, right? Because... Oftentimes, you get angry because you think there's a threat. (laughs) And and it might be just a threat like you're like, that's not right. There's something wrong with that. How dare they do that? And it makes you uncomfortable. And and, and your, your mind will get preoccupied with it. And so one of the things that you will see is that almost all media, a very easy way to push this button for people is do something that's going to make you angry or fearful, Right? And so, friends, this is one of the things that, that we just want you to see. We are talking about this idea of it's a whole mindset. But at the same time, this idea of setting your mind on it. If you're constantly in that mindset, if you're feeding that mindset, then it becomes stronger. Right? So I like to think about things in spiritual terms. Not spiritual like, woo, like that. But what I already told you, what do spirits do? They lead you. Right? So you can have a spirit of Christ, or you can have a spirit of fear. And that's what's going on in this world. There is a spirit of fear, and a lot of it, it perfectly coincides with our nature. The default settings that we have within us that are activated by fear, right? People know how to do this. They've been doing it for thousands of years. It's very effective. We don't have to inspire you. We don't have to make you love people. All we have to do is make you afraid. If we make you afraid, we know that you will act a certain way. Uh, (laughs) When you hear that kind of thing, okay, that might start making you mad. (laughs) But again, it's the same game, friends. And and I just want us to see it. I, I want us to just know that that's happening. Okay? Does that make sense? You guys have any questions? I know, because this is a little denser than some of the stuff that we normally do. So I want to make sure that we understand that, okay? So, friends, uh, uh, this message isn't just like, okay, be careful what you consume and what videos you watch and what what kinds of uh, uh, things you listen to. That's part of it, friends. But we are trying to get to the mindset, the frenoma of the spirit, the, the phronema of the spirit is about being truly free to love God with everything and love others as if they were us. Where does that come from? The two greatest commandments, right? I'm not just pulling this out of nowhere, friends. This is consistently what Jesus talks about, right? 
This is the, the, the message. This is where we're, we are being led, right? And, and so, friends, the, the way that I see uh, a scripture in the story of God, the story of the people of God, is we are being led in this direction where we can transcend our natural flesh and our natural inclination to choose fear and to, you know, it's all about minimizing uh, uh, discomfort and, 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 and about avoiding any kind of threat to us, right? And then just maximizing our own comfort um, and our own pleasure, right? So to be truly free to love God with everything that we are and others as if they were us. Can you see that these two, they don't match? <laughs> they, 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 they can't coexist. Why? If you've ever tried to love other people, and oftentimes the way it gets talked about, when we talk about agape love, the Christ-like love, it almost always leads to some kind of sacrifice. If nothing else, you might have to sacrifice your own comfort. We talked about this last week. If you are going to go talk to someone and forgive them in person, is there a risk involved? Is there a threat? There can be. It may not be, seem like much of a threat to you, but let's be honest. If your mind is always choosing what's more comfortable and what's the, the, like, like what's the least amount of discomfort, your mind is not going to naturally choose to forgive people. <laughs> That's why we have so much beef in this world. That's why we have so much unforgiveness. That's why we have wars and battles that have been raging for generations. Because we have a natural mindset. is the default setting of humanity that would much rather choose comfort over the discomfort of forgiving and loving people. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so, friends... These two, they cannot coexist. One needs to lead, right? And the other needs to die. And it does require converting, right? It does require changing our mindset. So friends, um, you know, I I think one of the ways that we talk about our minds um, can be very helpful for us to understand this. Right? Have you ever heard of people who are like just really like stressed or they're distracted or you know you're just not at your best? And we might say this thing. We might say, um, like like my mind is preoccupied. Have you ever thought about what that means? Like like you, you think you're preoccupied with these different thoughts, but I think it's very interesting that language. Preoccupied. Something is in there. It's taking up space. Now, friends, what is <laughs> the title of today's message? It is Spirit Dwelling. How do we get the Spirit to live in our minds, in our heart, in all that we are? And this is the thing. The Spirit can't lead. It can't dwell. It can't guide us into all these things when there are other things already in there guiding us and leading us and living in us, right? Right? And so we need to learn how to empty those things in order to get a new kind of mind. So friends, let's continue in the scripture. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. 
That's how we get to be in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is dwelling, living within us. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So this is one of the things that is, this is the good news in many ways. This is the hope that we have. A lot of us, we have been living according to the flesh and has been leading you into a direction that can only be death. It's not a good thing, right? Some of us, we have been so gripped by fear. We bear the consequences of that. We live our lives in a certain way where we we are are cowering and and we're making choices based on the fear that is guiding us. And sometimes we make some very bad choices because of that. Some of these things have consequences in our life and, and they've been ruining our life. I mean, just think about the whole idea of like mental health. What are we talking about, friends? When you talk about anxiety, depression, these kinds of things, what do you think was dominating and leading when you got to those points? When you have a mental breakdown, is it because the Holy Spirit was leading you? It's because the spirit of fear was. You get so gripped by fear. And friends, I'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad. Again, this is all part of the natural default setting of humanity. It's why anxiety and fear and depression and all these things are so prevalent. I've shared many times, and I'm very open and honest about that. I have a lot of issues with anxiety and with mental illness. Uh, I went through a period in my life where I would have these anxiety attacks, and it's like a little anxiety spiral. For me, it was really centered around my breath because I would start feeling anxious, and I feel like I couldn't breathe. And because I couldn't, felt like I couldn't breathe, I felt like I was going to die, so then I felt more anxious. And then because I felt anxious, uh, like, like it, it made it harder to breathe. And then because of that, I felt even more anxious, and it just kept spiraling until I felt like I was going to die, right? And sometimes I would just like, almost like pass out, you know? And, and, and it was like so terrible. I was like, dude, I, I, I don't even want to live like this. That's not a spirit of life. That's the spirit of death, if I've ever seen one. Right? It's exactly what Paul's talking about. Right? And, and this idea that if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. This is the hope we have. If you can get the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, the Spirit can resurrect all the things that were deadened by sin. And some of us, we don't quite believe this because we live in a world where we just are so fatalistic. Some of us, we've been gripped by depression. We've been gripped by fear, uh, uh, like anxiety and all these things. And we're like, there's no hope. We'll never get better. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness uh, means rightness. The way that things are really supposed to be. If God was in control, and, and in fact, I mean, this is the picture that you have of rightness, righteousness is imagine when God created Adam and Eve, the first humans, 
and you know, they're, they're, they're in that garden and they're bucket naked. <laughs> Why? Because there's no shame. And they didn't need to protect themselves because there's nothing they need to be afraid of, right? They didn't need to wear any armor, right? And so they're there, and there's nothing between them and God, literally. There's nothing between them and other people. And they're living in harmony with the world and with God and with one another, and it's peace, and it's love, and it's perfect. It's right. We have different words for this. In the Hebrew, they have a word called shalom which a lot of us think is peace, but it is more closely related to this idea of rightness. In, in, in the, the Greek, the dekaiusune, uh, right? And, and that's the word for righteousness. But it really kind of connotes like, like things that are good, things that are the way that they're supposed to be, right? And this is what we can have through Christ, We get Christ's righteousness when the spirit of Christ is living within us. It is not your own righteousness, right? But because Christ is righteous, we are able to have that as well. And so, friends, the way that we've been living, it is not righteous. It's not right. It's not good. It's not the way that God intended it to be, not as a moral judgment, But just in like a way when we look at our lives, I'm like, man, I don't want to be racked by this fear and this anxiety anymore. I don't want to feel like like I can't breathe. You know, I I, I don't want to feel like 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 I'm going to die. And, you know, that I, I have to be afraid of all these things. And I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't think anyone would say that's right. And so this idea that we want the spirit of Christ to live within us so that we can have life. Right. I, I think that, that I would hope that we can say, this is what I want, right? If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So here you get it just explicitly, right? All the things that have been deadened and damaged by sin and by living according to this flesh, Right? These things can be resurrected. These things can be brought back to life in Christ. If we can have the Spirit dwelling in us. So friends, this is my question for us today. How do we do that? How do we get the Spirit to dwell within us? Well, number one, um, we've already said, these two spirits cannot coexist. One needs to take the lead. One needs to take preeminence. And we need to create the right kind of dwelling for the spirit to be in here. Okay? And friends, in many ways, I think that we have things that are contaminating our dwelling place. Have you ever tried to, like, raise fish? Anyone ever have, like, a fish at home? A fish tank? Anyone? Yeah? Okay, so if you guys have ever had fish, you know that fish need the right kind of dwelling. And, and that dwelling is going to be what? Water, right? But if you just get your normal tap water, it's got stuff in there that's contaminating it. And so um, I, I heard this and, and I read this because uh, there was a time where um, 
<laughs> we were going to do this like carnival for kids. Uh, I, I was at a church in Washington, D.C. that we worked in southeast uh, Detroit with these inner city kids. And we're going to put on this big carnival for them. And I wanted it to be like an awesome carnival. And I remember as, as a kid that to me, my favorite thing about going to the carnival was those games where you could win a goldfish. There'd be like, you know, goldfish bowls and you got to get the ping pong in it. And if you got it, you would get an actual goldfish to take home. I was like, dude, how awesome would that be? These kids can come and they can win an actual goldfish, you know? And so I talked to the director of this, this, this uh, uh, children's thing, children's ministry. I was like, hey, I, I want to do this thing. And they're like, oh, that's cool. You know, um, but we don't have the money to, to, you know, get that many goldfish. We don't know where to keep them. I was like, don't worry, I'll take care of it, right? So I bought this humongous uh, icebox, Right, and, and and so I went to the store and I bought like a whole bunch of goldfish, like a huge, like they just put it in a gigantic bag, right? And and so you know they're like, remember, goldfish can't live in just normal water, right? I was like, oh, don't, don't worry, I got Google, I got this, right? So I looked it up, and they're like, you have to carefully balance the pH of the water. So they give you these drops, and you have to put the drop in, and you have to measure it very carefully, right? And the problem was is that. I had so many goldfish and so much water like in this thing and I had to put so much water in the thing that I was like, okay, so if it says one drop for every liter, how many liters do I have in this thing? It's like too much math. Let's just do our best. So I just did my best, right? And I would just, you know, put some drops in there, right? And, uh, you know, put a little bit of water and just... Mm, I think that's about right, you know? And, and so then I just poured all of the goldfish in. After I tried to do my careful balancing, it wasn't careful at all, right? I just kind of eyeballed it, you know? And, and so then, you know, I put the goldfish in there, and seriously, it's like five seconds. I start seeing some goldfish go, boop! You know, one goldfish, boop! Two goldfish, three goldfish. I'm like, oh, no! More drops, more drops. And, you know, I was able to save enough that we were able to do the carnival, uh, but there were a lot of floating goldfish, right? What happened? What happened? I was not careful about the dwelling, right? I, I didn't mind the dwelling of fish, of what the fish needed to be able to thrive in that environment. You know, and so I'm not trying to say that the dwelling place of the spirit is that fickle, right? But I will say that many of us, we don't mind the dwelling place of the spirit. And for a lot of us, when it says, you know, we are setting our minds on the things of the flesh. I will say this. We'll get more into uh, what needs to happen spiritually. But I do think we are not doing ourselves any favors when we are dwelling on things that make us more fearful. When we are dwelling on things that make us more angry and hateful. We're not doing ourselves any favors. Right? It's almost like, you know, because this is the problem. Uh, uh, what's happening is that when you're putting those drops into the water, it's trying to kill the contaminants that are in normal tap water, right? And those normal contaminants, you have to take them seriously. Otherwise, you'll get a bunch of fish that just start to float to the top (laughs) because they're dead, right? It will kill the fish. And many of us, I think in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, we are not minding the contaminants. We are feeding our lives with lots of Things that are, are just making us more fearful. I mean, one of the things is like news, you know. Um, this, this is just, I, I, I'm just going to say it, friends. Um, you can disagree with this. It drives me crazy. It 
drives me crazy when I try to listen to Christian radio and like half of it is politics. I'm like, what are we even doing anymore? It's politics. It's almost all fear-based. I'm not saying that Christians can't vote, that Christians can't be involved in politics in some way, but if the main driving force of politics is fear, and we are trying to be led by a spirit of Christ, could it be that the fear that we're introducing is that contaminant that's <laughs> making the fish float to the top? It's maybe choking out the possibility of the spirit really being able to dwell within us, right? And so, friends, we need to cleanse that. Sometimes the things that, that, that we watch, I mean, even something as simple as like a horror movie or something like that. I've actually heard some people that horror movies can be helpful for you to overcome fear because, you know, you watch it and you're like, ah, ah, but you're just kind of like in a place where you're just like, well, that's not real. And then afterwards you feel powerful because, you know, you know it's not real. You overcame that fear. You're good. I don't know, friends. But if it makes you at night where, where you know, you go downstairs and you're like, is there a killer here? Like, I don't know that that's the best environment, right? I don't know that that's creating the, great, the best dwelling place for the spirit. And so, friends, this is not about being legalistic in any way. But to ask yourself, what is going to be the best dwelling place for the spirit to really be able to lead you, right? And so, friends, you know, sometimes, like, that's why we talk about things like, you know, maybe some of the things that you're listening to, you can replace that with listening to some worship music. Something that will remind you that God is with you. Right? And that's why we ingest scripture the way that we do. It's not just about getting smarter or understanding scripture better. What the scripture tells you is to meditate upon the scripture. You chew on it. You, you, you ruminate on it. You let it just become a part of you. So then scripture that talks about this fact that God will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never leave you like an orphan. This fact that we do not need to be anxious about tomorrow. These kinds of truths, they become a part of you. Right? This becomes a part of the ecosystem of the Spirit. Right? It becomes, it, it's setting the table for a dwelling place for the Spirit to live within you. So friends, uh, I'm going to invite the, the priest team to come up. Well, it's really just Jason. <laughs> the, the praise person to come up. <laughs> Um, I, I, I just want us, friends, um, you know, I, I, we're, we're going to sing this. Are we singing Holy Spirit? Yeah. Um, it, it's this idea that Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This is going to be our prayer. It's going to be our closing praise. But I want this to be the prayer of our hearts. And so, friends, maybe there might be some things that we just need to learn to lay down before Christ to create that dwelling place for the Spirit. You know, but if that is our desire, if that is heart, our hearts, that we can make that our prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And friends, um, I hope more and more we can learn as we create a dwelling place within us where the Holy Spirit is welcome, that we will learn that we are safe. Those scriptures that I was mentioning that talk about the idea that God is our Father, God is in control. We don't need to be afraid of anything. Hopefully some of those things can create that atmosphere for us to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We won't be preoccupied with fear 
thinking about all of these other things that are crowding out the possibility of the Spirit leading us. Friends, because if God is our God, if the Holy Spirit is truly leading us, if Jesus is the king of our lives in the whole universe, and we have those truths within us, a part of us, we can live in a completely different way, friends. We don't need to be afraid. We, we don't need to protect ourselves, right? We're already protected. We can now be free to love. We don't have to worry about ourselves as much because God is taking care of us. Now we can live into what God has for us. So friends, can we make that our, our, our prayer? So let's pray that for a moment and then we'll go into the song. But let's make this our prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and change the atmosphere. And that is true of our hearts, our minds. Come flood our hearts. Come flood our minds. Change the atmosphere. Get rid of the contaminants. Get rid of the fear. We want you to lead us by your... We want to have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. 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 Rise, let's rise and make this our prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here.